You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Reminding you, you can email the show jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Should be in most of the week next week. We will be doing a show on Monday. You will have Medal of Honor Monday. I think Tuesday we're toast. I think that's a travel day. That's right, Chris. All right, so no show Tuesday. And then Friday of next week, I know we're toast. And then all the book stuff is over. The book media tour and then the book tour. And we're back to your regularly scheduled programming. Uh, we will cross our fingers and see if we made the old New York Times bestseller list. I want to finish a point that we were talking about before about this chat GPT thing, how they can write in your voice, Chris dialed it up for me, and he essentially told this thing, talk to me as if you were Jesse Kelly about abortion. Now, what I'm about to read for you is not me. This is not me. This is something a computer came up with. All right, you ready? Well, let me tell you something about abortion, my friend. It is one of the most contentious and morally charged issues of our time. I firmly believe that life begins at conception, and as such, 
I cannot condone the termination of an innocent life. Abortion is nothing short of taking the life of an unborn child, and that goes against the very principles that our society should uphold. You see, every human being, regardless of their stage of development, has intrinsic value and deserves the right to life. It's not about clump of cells or a woman's choice. It's about recognizing the humanity and the... You see that? Now... You would understand that I would never use a word like intrinsic. I don't even know what that means. But for the most part, does that sound like something I would write? Of course it does. It's going to be scary, wild times in the future. Wild times in the future as we move into a world where everything can be crazy. Oh, Chris said it took them two seconds to print that. Two seconds like that. I'm not ready for this world, man. I'm not ready for this world Give me my red lobster and I'm going to call it a day. Jesse, is it a good thing to default on the debt? We're not going to decrease spending. We're going to rack up more debt and getting us in a worse financial situation, making things worse when we do default. Wouldn't it be better to do it now rather than later? Well, the short answer to that question is yes. And here's the reality. It's the ugly reality of life. It's not even any point in talking about it because it's ugly and you can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about it except for start voting more in primaries than we do. But politicians, when they run for office, this is not an American thing. This is a history of the world thing. And this would have applied if you're trying to be chosen as the chief of the, of the Mongols or something like the Khan or the Mongols. It's very difficult to run for office describing for the people all the things you're not going to do. It's easy to run for office, running for all the things you're going to do for the people. Elect me, elect Jesse, and here's what I'm going to give you. Here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's what I'm going to make happen for you in your life. Oh, you're unhappy about this? I'm going to fix that. You're unhappy about that? I'm going to fix that too. I'm Jesse. Vote for me because I'm going to do everything for you. And so the truth is this. Yes, Democrats spend absurd amounts of money, crazy money we don't have. So do Republicans. Every single time. Long before COVID ever got here, in, with a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and a Republican president, bill after bill after bill after bill, gigantic swampy bill after gigantic swampy bill sailed through the Republican House, sailed through the Republican Senate, and was signed into law by Donald Trump every single time. Bill after bill after bill after bill. Same as it ever was. George Bush was the same way. Bill Clinton was the same way. Barack Obama was the same way. George H.W. Bush was the same way. Ronald Reagan was the same way. Big bill after big bill after big bill because these people all run for office on this is what I'm going to do and we're going to take on the corruption and, and Democrats spend too much money and I will fix it all. And the second they get there, they're presented with a bill that takes gigantic gobs of your money and my money, taxpayer money, and hands it out to their friends. Hands it out to this district, hands it out to this state, 
Here's what you're going to get. How about a new airport for you? Oh, let's build you a new school. Hey, let's build you a new park. Let's build you a new this. Every congressman wants to go home. Every congressman wants to go back to his district and explain to them all the goodies he's bringing to the district. I remember like it was yesterday. I'll tell you a little story. So I was running for Congress back in the day. You remember I got out of the Marines, had never been political. I went back to work in construction. I got mad about Barack Obama running for office, and I decided I wanted to do something about it. So I was going to run for office. I was going to put a stop to it. So I start running, and this is the Tea Party year where the Tea Parties start happening. And I was then pretty much exactly as I am now, as far right as you can imagine. And I remember this was my first introduction because it was my first introduction to politics. It was my first introduction to how disappointing our own side can be. Meaning this, I was at every single event because no one knew who I was. So I was always out there politicking, always out there trying to get this done and trying to get that done and trying to meet people and shake hands and kiss babies and give speeches and answer questions. And this is who I am and this is what I stand for. And I'm out there and I'm running. And time after time after time, I would get asked about pork spending, the extra spending bills for the little special projects. And as you can imagine, I would rail against it every time. No, it's ridiculous. No, it's over the top. And yeah, many people agreed with me. Many people, Republicans, did not. They would actually argue with me loudly. Well, why wouldn't, why shouldn't we have some of this? Oh, so just they're going to get some and we're never going to get any? I want some. I want some of that. Can't we get some of that? Hey, Jesse, we need a new airport. Can't you get us some money for a new airport? Hey, Jesse, we need a new highway. Can't you get us some money if you get elected for a new highway? Jesse, I want this. Jesse, I want that. Jesse, bring me this. The truth is there's going to be a collapse like you and I cannot possibly imagine a financial collapse at some point in this nation. It won't be today. It won't be tomorrow. But there will be a fiscal collapse probably unlike anything that has ever been seen in the history of mankind with America. Why? Because we've piled up way more debt than any nation ever has in the history of mankind. So when our bubble goes pop, it's going to pop and it's going to blow right in our faces. Big time. It's going to be ugly because we can't stop and we won't stop. So there's almost no point in even discussing it. Republicans will never stop spending. They'll never cut spending. If Republicans even attempt to reduce future spending increases, everyone yells and screams and half the weenie low TGO peers will go out there. Well, I mean, we have to, we can't cut everything. I mean, this is dangerous. So nothing ever gets cut. So the next Republican president, if we ever have one, he'll keep signing these huge bills, no matter who it is. And the next Democrat president will keep signing these huge bills. And the people will keep demanding more and more handouts and more and more goodies. And eventually the bubble will go pop. And then we're in trouble. And that's a big reason why I call it the low TGOP, because what we really need, what we really need is bold leadership. What we need is one person, at least one, to stand up and say, no, no more. Nope, your bill is vetoed. Nope, not doing it. Nope, no more swamp spending. But no president, Republican or Democrat, wants to do that 
because then his presidency looks like a failure or he loses re-election. As soon as he starts vetoing spending bills, then there's a good chance he loses re-election. And that's the pickle we're in. All right. Should you pay taxes? Somebody doesn't want to pay taxes anymore. Grilled cheese sandwiches. How do I shower being so tall? And by boycotting communist businesses, are we actually destroying capitalism? That's an interesting question, isn't it? All that and so much more is still to come on the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. What we need is boldness, though. What we need is a high TGOP. We've really never had one of those in my lifetime. I'd sure love to have one, wouldn't you? Maybe, maybe the GOP needs some chalk. Maybe the GOP needs a male vitality stack from chalk. 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days. Maybe the ladies of the GOP need a female vitality stack from chalk. Maybe the whole country needs natural herbal supplements. Enough big pharma. Enough chugging estrogen in your water without doing something about it. Go to choq.com, promo code JESSE, gets you 35% off subscriptions. Get a subscription because only suckers pay full price for things. Always get a deal. I know I sound like Chris, but it's true. choq.com, promo code JESSE. All right? All right. Enough politics for a second. Here's an interesting question. Jesse, do you grill both sides of each slice on a grilled cheese sandwich before you make the grilled cheese sandwich? And grocery carts, same guy, two different questions. Let's dig into grilled cheese, and then we'll get into should you pay taxes. Next. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Don't forget you can download the iHeartRadio app free. Don't forget you can download the podcast free on iHeart, Google, Spotify, iTunes. Don't forget the book tour begins tomorrow, tomorrow. And it's better if you buy a ticket. We have done the best we can to prep these bookstores for what is coming. I don't think they realize what is coming. I've tried to warn them about how many of you savages are coming, and they don't seem to understand yet, but they're about to find out. Starting Saturday, they are going to find out. Get your ticket. Get all the info for the book tour at jessekellybook.com. Chris, I don't like you dogging on Alabama. Chris, because Chris just played that Sweet Home Alabama song. And then he tried to make fun of Alabama as a beach state, saying the beach is super small. Chris, it doesn't look like it does on the map, idiot. It's a big beach. It's not like you walk down there and it's 50 feet long. Orange Beach is gorgeous and nobody knows about it. it no, nobody knows. It's longer than 100 feet, Chris. Nobody knows about the beach. That's part of the beauty of it. Now, I will tell you this, Chris, having spent some time in Alabama, I haven't met very many Jews there. I don't know. I don't know if there's a big Jewish population in Alabama. There's not? There's really not? Do you guys have like a special website set up where you can tell how many of you are somewhere? Or what? Shut up, Chris. There really are. I was kidding. <laughs> I was joking. Oh, man. You probably put that right next to your space lasers. Anyway, let's get back to some Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Let's dig into the important things. By the way, oh, quick, quick thing. I wanted to know more about this Trump indictment. And I didn't want any pom-pom waving. I wanted a real legal mind. I want to know the nitty-gritty of this stuff. 
I want to know details, whether they're uncomfortable or not. Is Trump in trouble? Are these things as ridiculous as I've been led to believe? What What's the deal? Josh Hammer, my buddy Josh Hammer, is going to join me in about uh, well, next segment, whatever, however long that is. Ten minutes from now, Josh Hammer is going to join me, and we'll talk to Josh about it. All right. Jesse, my anti-communist son turned me on to your show almost a year ago, and now I listen as much as I can. One, grilled cheese. Do you grill both sides of each slice before you add cheese? I do, and I think it makes a better sandwich. Okay, let's dwell on that for a moment. I'm ashamed to admit I don't. And the reason I'm ashamed to admit it is every person I know who's a real grilled cheese master, they do. And they tell me it makes such a difference. I am used to a a more traditional way. One, my mom, I love my mom. My mom would make grilled cheese sandwiches with Velveeta when I was a kid, and there's nothing like a grilled cheese sandwich with Velveeta. Oh, my gosh. And then, two, when I was in the Marines, you never get enough food in the Marines and because you're, you're working out all the time. You're always hungry, so you always need some sort of a stash of food in your barracks room, but you don't have a ton of room in your barracks room. What I got was a George Foreman grill, and what better than get yourself a little mini fi- fridge a George Foreman grill, and then all you need is a loaf of bread, butter, and American cheese slices. And if it was a Friday or Saturday night and we were stuck in the barracks, we couldn't go out and chase girls around or something like that, we'd sit around the barracks room, maybe one or two beverages, and I would just bust out the grilled cheese supplies and just start, that's the sound it makes, making grilled cheese sandwiches, start selling them bad boys for a dollar. Oh my goodness, I was filthy rich. Oftentimes, I would just give them away, I should point out. But a grilled cheese sandwich on a George Foreman grill, gosh, that's fantastic. So no, I don't do the both both sides thing. I probably should do the both sides thing, but I do not. Oracle, I took your advice. I moved from a blue state to a red state in South Carolina. Oh, I love South Carolina. Gosh, that's great. I just moved into a new house, and the shower head is lower than I'm used to. I'm only six foot, and I have to bend down to wash my hair. My question is, how does a tall freak like you take a shower? That's not very nice. That's not very nice. His name is Scott, now from South Carolina. I'm not a freak. I'm 6'8". All right, I'm above average. Um, Part of being 6'8 is... Now, look, I'm not complaining about the way God made me. I'm happy to be 6'8". It's fun. I enjoy it. There are some serious drawbacks. Buying clothes. I cannot order pants off the shelf. Nobody has shoes my size. I have to special order my shoes because I have big feet. Airline tickets, mega expensive because you really can't fly regular economy. If I can't get an emergency exit seat, I have to buy a first class ticket. Not any fun. And beds and showers. Beds are a nightmare. It's It's to the point now where I've slept with my feet hanging off the bed my whole life that I can't sleep unless my feet are hanging off the bed. If my feet are up on the bed, it messes me up for some reason. I just can't do it. And showers. Showers are the worst. It's not just how long I am, how tall I am. It's that my arm, my arms are long too, right? And I have wide shoulders. So no matter what, if the shower's thin, I'm banging my elbows into the walls. 
I'm banging it into the curtain and then the curtain sticks to you and you're trying to fight the curtain off of you. Oh my gosh, it's like a clingy girlfriend in the showers. I have to essentially kneel down, not on my knees, but I have to do an air squat almost in in almost every shower. I have to basically hold an air squat to rinse off my head or wash out my eyes. It look six eights fun. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't give it back. Lord, thank you. But there are parts of it that are not for everyone. They are taxing. They are taxing. We have many, many more Ask Dr. Jesse questions about boycotting businesses. Is that right? Is that wrong? Is that against capitalism? Should you pay taxes? I'm going to address that one. What's my favorite NFL team? A little bit weird, but there we are. Let's deal with the Trump charges first, though. Not from me, from an expert on these things. Josh Hammer is going to join me next. No bias either way. I want to know, are these legit? I have been told these are the baby charges. The real big boy stuff comes next week. But even baby charges can send you to prison. Is Trump looking at prison? Did he actually do something wrong? Let's find out from Josh next. I wonder if my Patriot Supply has grilled cheese sandwiches. No, hear me out, Chris. Everyone already knows that my Patriot Supply has these incredible three-month food kits. And they have breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks, 2,000 calories a day to keep you alive when everything goes to crap around us. And everyone needs one of these. Every person who need your, in your home needs one of these. But I don't even think you could pull off a grilled cheese sandwich in a My Patriot Supply emergency three-month food kit. What if we're craving one, though? You know what? I'm going to reach out to my friends at My Patriot Supply and see if they can work some magic, magic and get us an emergency three-month food kit with a special Jesse Kelly grilled cheese sandwich in it. And then when the apocalypse comes, you can think about me as soon as you're eating your grilled cheese. Also, get your emergency three-month food kit. Ships anonymously, ships free, and it's something we all need right now. Preparewithjessikelly.com gets you $200 off. Preparewithjessikelly.com. Go get a couple of these things. Now, the Jesse Kelly Show. It's still real to me, damn it. Returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly show, and I can't even tell you how much I respect the fact that my buddy Josh Hammer chooses MC Hammer to to come in. That is such great selection for music, but we don't have time for niceties like that today because we got bigger fish to fry. My buddy Josh Hammer of the Josh Hammer Show joins us now because there's an indictment and all kinds. There's more indictments coming in this indictment. And I'm not a lawyer, and I don't understand anything about the law, and Josh knows all kinds of stuff about that. So let's begin with my buddy Josh. Josh, okay, talk to me about this indictment Trump is facing from Jack Smith in Florida. Jesse, I thought that you would get a kick out of that intro music, so glad to have my suspicions confirmed. Look, (laughs) I read read through the whole indictment. I I have lots of mixed thoughts on, on this. So, look... Everything that you're hearing about the crossing of the Rubicon, the point of no return, that this is Banana Republic, that we're going down the road of South America, you know, Che Guevara, Bolivia, uh, I'm sympathetic to all of that. I I, I mean, for pure reasons of national stability, of civilizational sanity, and trying to keep the country together, this this prosecution never should have been brought. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, on the other hand, I did read through the entire indictment, and it looks really bad. 
I, I, I mean, there's just simply no way to read through that and conclude that the former president acted in good faith here. I mean, they, they have ridiculous amounts of, of, of circumstantial evidence of conversations from Bedminster Golf Club in New Jersey, where he's talking with these reporters and authors and showing all sorts of sensitive material about possible plans to bomb an unnamed foreign country. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's kind of out of a movie, honestly. I mean, it, it, it really, really, really looks incredibly sloppy and i think it kind of gives off the feel to someone who read it like myself of someone who was kind of just a little drunk on power and just ridiculously flippant with the most sensitive information that this government has and you know jesse you served honorably in the armed forces i don't need to be to be the one to tell you but this is serious stuff i mean these documents are absolutely serious stuff so Look, uh, a lot's going to depend on, on the jury pool, obviously. It's here in the Southern District of Florida, where I live. So it, it should be a slightly more favorable jury, certainly, than what he'll get up in Manhattan with Alvin Bragg. But if you're trying to compare the two indictments that have been handed down so far, there's really no comparison. What happened in New York City was a total sham and a total travesty. This, like I said, should never have been brought for the sheer reason of trying to keep the country together and the precedent that this sets a prosecuted former president. But the facts really do not read very well for the former president. That's for sure. Okay. Well, that's uh, a lot to swallow. I will uh, a lot to swallow. Can you explain what are the facts? What did he take? And I was told that he can declassify whatever he wants on the way out the door. If he's walking out the door with a box of documents, he can look down and say they're declassified now. Was I misled? What What did he take? So he, he took dozens, perhaps hundreds of boxes of, of documents. Well, he, he did take hundreds of documents. Not all those boxes were classified. Um, the actual number that the FBI... Uh, and DOJ are charging him with taking when it comes to classified or secretive documents, tallies 37 or 38 or so. And, and, you know, at that point, when you get down to the nitty gritty of actually enumerating, listing off each document, you know that you're talking about fairly serious stuff at that point. Look, your question is actually a very good one. So there is a bit of an intellectual tension going on here, right? On the one hand, the indictment it's kind of black letter law. Like I, I read it, I've gotten, you know, I have, I, I clerked on a federal appeals court. I, I dealt with criminal indictments a lot. It, it seems to me like the prosecutors here, they basically did what the statute calls for. I mean, there's not really any kind of underhanded, devious tactics here. The the actions that they describe do match the statutes in the U.S. Criminal Code that they are charging the former president with. Here's the intellectual tension, though. The tension is that a lot of current law. When it comes to classified document retention, especially for, for former presidents, is constitutionally dubious, in my opinion. And your in chief prerogative, like you alluded to, if you were the president of the United States, you do have, in my opinion, sweeping constitutional authority to make declassification decisions no matter what current statute or no matter what current regulations have. Now, the problem for Trump is that there is no evidence that he actually did that, that he actually followed any, any of the rules. So then you, you kind of get to the hypothetical, could he have just subjectively thought it in his head? Did the mere act of actually taking those boxes on January 20th, 2021, therefore actually declassify them due to his actions? Maybe, 
But, you know, the, the fast pattern, he didn't play it very well. I mean, he had so many opportunities here to explain what he was doing and said the allegations is that he worked with the other person charged, his former valet driver, to move the boxes from one room to the other. He apparently he allegedly directed various attorneys and lawyers to lie to the FBI, which he, he went down. He went down a very different path than he could have gone down. He could have handled this very, very differently. And I think that he if he had done so, then he would not have been in this particular predicament. OK, well, that freaking sucks. OK, what, what what's he looking at here, Josh? I, from what I understand, the big boy indictment that he's potentially facing is coming next month, July, August, with this seditious conspiracy stuff. So that's the one that I think sends him to the slammer. What can this one send him to? Well, if you look at the charges at the very end of the indictment, I mean, uh, I didn't do the math. I didn't whip out my calculator, but, you know, it's 37 or 38 counts, and all of them are somewhere between 1 and 10 years, roughly speaking, usually kind of 3 to 10 years. So it's a lot. I, I mean, you know, it's multiple lifetimes worth. And, uh, I, you know, we'll see how he how he pleads on Tuesday. He will almost assuredly plead not guilty. And, you know, just the fact that you plead not guilty does not mean that you will not ultimately reach a plea deal. You definitely could still reach a plea deal despite an initial not guilty plea. But he potentially faces massive jail time. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, Jesse, I, I look, I, I'm not happy about the road that the country is going down. This is very dark stuff. I mean, this is very, very, very bad stuff. We This country went almost 250 years or so without criminally prosecuting a former president of the United States and the fact that only now we are choosing to do so. It's very bad. And uh, on the other hand, Trump really easily could have avoided this. So there were very few winners involved here from my perspective. And, you know, the January 6th stuff, we'll see what happens there. Don't forget there's also a potentially pending indictment in Georgia pertaining to his infamous phone call or two with respect to Brad Roffensperger, the Secretary of State there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's quickly adding up. It's getting to be a lot of lawsuits for Trump to fend off, that's for sure. Yeah, speaking with Josh Hammer, somebody I rely on for legal questions, host of the Josh Hammer Show. All right, Josh, I know this is kind of a subjective question, but I don't know how to analyze these things because, as you know, I'm an idiot. How's Donald Trump's legal team? Are they good? Well, first of all, Jesse, I I have to tell you, not that your audience needs this, the very fact that they're listening shows that they already understand that. But you, my friend, are, of course, far from an idiot. But uh, Donald Donald Trump's legal team, unfortunately, I I am somewhat less convinced, are are far from idiots. Um, You know, he has had some... What? He has had some. He has had some lawyers, especially after his presidency, who have been involved in some of his kind of the builds up to the Alvin Bragg stuff. Who go on TV and don't necessarily give off the the greatest legal polish. Two of his lawyers, literally earlier today, in anticipation of, of the unsealment of the indictments, they resigned earlier today. That was certainly a bad look for Donald Trump. Look. Here is the issue for Trump with his lawyers, and it's kind of a broader issue for Trump when it comes to personnel more generally speaking. Trump has this has this weird habit of you know talking people up and buttering them up, and then kind of just throwing them under the bus and leaving them to die on the beaches of Normandy for no reason, really, you know, basically no reason at all. And when you do that enough times, when you leave your people to be slaughtered on the beaches, you know, the January 6th defendants are a very good example of that. He hasn't really lifted a finger to help those those terrible folks out who are 
who are being prosecuted for for all sorts of frivolous reasons, you're you're necessarily not going to attract enough legal talent. You know, it's it's funny you ask this, Jesse. Without naming names, actually, one of my closest buddies from law school, who's an absolutely brilliant attorney, a really super smart guy. He, for a brief time, was considering working as a personal lawyer for President Trump, and uh, I remember this conversation very well. I talked to him about this two, two and a half years ago or so in the aftermath of the presidency, and I strongly advised him not to do so. And I, I, I think I've been vindicated because when you go to work for someone who doesn't necessarily listen to your advice, you're going to put yourself in a whole potential host of trouble. And that obviously is what happened as well with this poor valet driver who has been named uh, and is being prosecuted in this indictment in Florida as well. Oh my gosh, this sucks. Well, Josh, I'm glad you made us smarter, but this sucks. Josh Hammer, it's the Josh Hammer Show. I encourage you to listen to it, get smarter. Thank you, my brother. We'll talk soon. Anytime, Jesse, you bet. Oh my gosh. I'm... So much more depressed than I was like 10 minutes ago. We should have never brought Josh on, Chris. No, <laughs> kidding. No, I wanted to know. All right, I wanted you to know. I wanted to know. Then Sometimes the truth hurts, right? The wife looked at me last night and she said, it's time to shave the head, uh, hair off now. It's, that hurts me, but it's, it's where we are. Don't shake your head, either of you, with your mops on your head. I hope both of you are here one day, okay? Chris and Michael with their all their hair. <laughs> all right. We're moving on to we're moving back to ask Dr. Jesse questions. I'm wounded. I need a couple minutes to recover. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about something good. Have you ever heard of the Tunnel to Towers 9/11 Institute? Here's what it does. It gives educators access to 9/11 resources so they can then pass that on to school children and we're talking about a nonpartisan thing here. This is something for everybody. Teaching the next generation about heroes. Isn't that what they need? Isn't that the kind of thing we do every single Monday on Medal of Honor Monday? Tunnel to Towers does more than just pay off mortgages for widows and orphans. They do more than just build homes for catastrophically injured veterans. Go to T, the number two, T.org, T2T.org. 11 bucks a month supports the incredible mission of Tunnel to Towers. And when you go look at their charity rating, where you give, that's where it goes. T2T.org. 11 bucks a month. Sign up to give it automatically. You'll never know it's gone. T2T.org. All right? We'll be back. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Reminding you, you can email the show jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Biden sends $2.1 billion security assistance package to Ukraine. I saw some of the most heartbreaking stuff I've seen in a while. It was this Ukrainian woman. Her town had been flooded. She was trying to break back into her house to get her pets that were left in there. It was just, it was friggin' awful, man. This war is awful. It's the, the, the stories I do believe on the ground are that it's just some horrible meat grinder of a war. And I come back to this again and again and again, we're enabling this. If Ukraine can't win this war. And remember we had those leaked documents from the Pentagon. We had the leaked documents from the Pentagon showing Ukraine is losing badly, badly. 
if they can't win, then how many generations of Ukrainian men are we going to wipe out before we just sit down at a table and come to some kind of an agreement here? War is so horrible and sad and awful. Are we going to kill all of them? Is that the answer? Is our military industrial complex in the West, are they just, oh, I know they are that monstrous. Are they just going to wait until they're all dead? Every Ukrainian gone? And then the Russians move in? Is that what we're going to do here? Gosh, that is freaking awful. All right, whatever. Al Jespo, Eileen, as far right as you do, I do not have representation within my government. I cannot stand how they spend my tax dollars and how much of it goes against my Christian faith. I know I can't avoid paying taxes and I don't mind paying them towards roads and other infrastructure, but do we have a case for no taxation without representation when it comes to some other immoral communist expenditures? Keep on keeping on, sir. His name is Rusty. Well, we have a case, but what are we going to do about it? Of course we're not represented. And of course they take your money and they take my money and they spend it on turtle racing in Cambodia or all the other stupid things they do with it. Or, look, those are the stupid things. Let's go down the list of how many flat-out evil things they spend your money on and evil things they spend my money on. It's really, really, really ugly, the things they do. Uh, Do we have a case? Yeah, but what are we going to do about it? We can try and should try to aggressively legally clean this system up. Can it be done? I don't know. I hope so. Hope is what we have right now. So that's that's what we're going to rely on is hope. How much how much of this crap do we have to pay? Now, for? This is a president uh, uh, who is proud of the LGBTQI people serving in our nation's uh, military. As Secretary Austin has expressed in his Pride Month uh, statement that he put out just last week, the Biden-Harris administration will celebrate LGBTQI plus service members' con- contributions contributions during Pride with uh, with Pride across federal agencies, including at the Department of Defense. I'm about tired of that, aren't you? I've about had my feel of it. Did you hear Mark Zuckerberg? Little too late, too little, too little, too late here, Mark. So misinformation, I think, is has been a really tricky one because there are things that are kind of obviously false, but may not be harmful. Um, so it's like, all right, are you going to censor someone for just being wrong? It's you know, if if there's no kind of harm implication of what they're doing, I think that that's there's there's a bunch of real kind of issues and challenges there, but then. I think that there are other places where it is, you just take some of the stuff around COVID earlier on in the pandemic, where there were, you know, real health implications, but there hadn't been time to fully vet a bunch of the scientific assumptions. And, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of the kind of establishment on that, um, you know, kind of waffled on a bunch of facts and, you know, asked for a bunch of things to be censored that in retrospect ended up being, you know, more debatable or, or true. And that stuff is really tough, right? And really undermines trust. You think? Think it undermined trust? Yeah, just a little bit, Mark. All right. We still have an hour. We're going to have fun. We're all going to get to a lot more Ask Dr. Jesse questions than I have. But before we get to that, let's save a baby going into the weekend. One baby. I'm not even going to do that thing where I ask you to save five. $28 going into the weekend. How about that for setting the pace going into the weekend? I know you're going to enjoy your time with your family and friends and community, and you should. 
You should soak up every single second of it. And you should do that with the knowledge that you gave $28 to Preborn. Because Preborn will take your $28 and they don't go blow it with Hunter Biden. They take your $28 and they give it to a young woman who's about to have an abortion. They give it to her in the form of an ultrasound. It costs them $28 to give her that ultrasound. She lays down. She hears the heartbeat. And when they hear a heartbeat, there's something from God in it. They choose life. You hear the heartbeat. You choose life. Go to preborn.com slash Jesse and save a life going into the weekend. Preborn.com slash Jesse. Look, go look them up, by the way. Go look them up. Look at their charity rating. Your money goes to the babies. You are saving a life with your money. Preborn.com slash Jesse. Sponsored by Preborn. All right. My favorite NFL team, boycotting businesses, the weak GOP. Why are de- This guy wants to know, why are Democrats successful against Trump and Republicans only have minimal success against Biden? That's a doozy, isn't it? Maybe we'll start out with that one. Next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 